Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. I think so much of the time that people don't start because what other people are doing feels too big. I think if you listen to like, oh, like, what can I handle? You know, and then you make that kind of just like a small goal and then you just go. After so many nights on the go, how do you still get high? After so many lows, as you ask for my on the road. What you are hearing is the beautiful music of Jim and Sam, a singer-songwriter duo who a few years ago gave up everything and went traveling for a year. They went all in on music. They visited 14 countries and committed to playing a show every single day. Yes. 365 shows in a row and they created an incredible documentary about their experience it's called after so many days this film has been an official selection at more than 30 film festivals worldwide and is already released digitally with a companion album called songs from after so many days and you're going to get to hear what happened during this wild year where they put their music health career and first year of marriage to the test, and we know travel can do that. So you're going to hear it all firsthand in this interview today. We touch on the importance of following your intuition, how you can be filled with purpose in just a tiny moment out on the road, how travel can align you or realign you with your why, the influence that Sweden had on their music and their trip, and why it's so nice to find the things that take you away that make you disappear and so much more a ton happening in uh, this lovely conversation i know you're gonna love it i will also be giving a shout out to a couple people in this listening community and sharing what i think is one of the biggest benefits of having a travel partner whether that's your spouse or a friend or whatever and i also want to talk a little bit about doing that thing just doing that thing and (laughs) you'll hear more about that later anyway This is all happening right now. Indeed, you got to buckle up, you got to strap in, you got to grab your favorite beverage, relax, enjoy, and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. 
And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little bit of travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Welcome, my friend. Uh, got a lovely show for you today, as you heard at the top. Uh, wonderful conversation with uh, two artists, Jim and Sam. And one of the big overarching themes here is, is this idea of commitment, right? They committed to this crazy idea they had to travel for a year and play a show every single day. And by really committing to that, they had to, of course, take the steps to follow up and make it happen, which isn't always an easy thing. But man, the power of committing to something like that or committing to whether it's a pursuing your craft or an, an epic trip or you know anything else, when you truly commit and then take those steps, those small steps in the beginning, and day by day, just kind of work and get things done and make it happen. It's not always easy, but I always find that it's very surprising how, I don't know, whatever you believe, I don't want to get too woo-woo here. I believe in woo action, right? It's like this, this idea that the universe can support us and we can get help from unexpected places when we commit to a path, but you also have to take action on your own, right? So maybe it's not woo-woo, it's woo action, Woo action, trademark. <laughs> it's a weird word if you think about the spelling of it. Anyway, this idea when you do commit and you follow through, you can get support from maybe unexpected places. It just, it feels like the universe kind of has your back, right? And, uh, you know, part of that, of course, I think is maybe all of it, depending on your perspective, is just the idea that you're, you're thinking through a different lens, right? You're on sort of a different mission. And because you're on a certain mission, you start to see things differently. You start to see the world differently. So if you're somebody who wants to take a gap year and you're thinking about, say, quitting your job and traveling for a year or something like that, and you're really considering it and then you start to commit to it and you do commit to it, of course, you your antenna's up. You're paying more attention to things that are related to the goal that you want to pursue. So that's why I do think it's very important to bring a certain level of commitment to the things that you do because I find that in the end it leads to good things. And of course, it allows you to make those ideas a reality, right? You, you commit to something and then you're bringing it from idea into the real world. So anyway, I, just, I don't know, random thoughts on commitment. And uh, I just wanted to share a few thoughts before we get into this interview, which is a wonderful real world example of what I was just describing. I mean, as two artists who are, you know, working to make it with their craft and then deciding to go all in and travel for a year and play a show every single day, there can be a lot of stress around that, but also a lot of magical moments. When you do that while you're traveling and you're trying to figure everything out, it's a unique travel experience. And one that they could have never had if they didn't create this framework, this commitment of, hey, we're going to play a show every single day. We're going to travel for a year. We're just going to go around and, and do this thing and practice our craft and, and let people share in it. 
and have this beautiful experience for ourselves and, and share our music with other people so they can have moments and experiences. And that's what this travel thing is all about, right? And music, connecting people, bringing people together, and just experiencing life. This trip did take place pre-pandemic, so it's also nice to follow along with them. And if you get a chance, I really encourage you to watch the film after so many days. The film is called Once Again because it's an incredible documentary and you get to see all of this beautiful cinematography of various places around the world. You get to hear music and you get to follow along on this journey and see how it all came together for them during this interesting year we'll say and you are also going to get to hear about some of those experiences right now in this conversation with jim and sam I want to remind you before we get into that if you haven't done so yet sign up over at zero to travel.com you can do it right there on the homepage. get on the email newsletter list and we can keep in touch off the podcast so you don't miss any of the goodies that are being sent out via the newsletter that don't happen here on the podcast. So if you haven't taken a moment to do that yet, please go ahead and sign up to keep in touch. And stick around. After the interview, I'm going to have a few comments on some of the things we discussed, including why to do the thing you need to do the thing and why I think that's important. It'll make sense later. Plus, what I think is one of the biggest benefits of having a travel partner and we'll give a couple shout outs to some people in the listening community on the other side of this interview. So without further ado, let's slip and slide into this conversation now. Enjoy it and I will see you on the other side, my friend. Welcome to the podcast, Jim and Sam. Thank you, Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited. <laughs> we've been we've been listening to your podcast and we just, yeah, we're just so excited and honored to be a part of it. So right on. Thanks. Well, we have uh something a bit in common, I think, because you guys seem like you got sucked into the Scandinavian vortex a little bit, like I did. Because I'm in Oslo, Norway, and I don't know if it's an energetic thing or just a random thing, but you guys seem to have like a pretty good connection with Sweden. The syndrome is real. Uh, it's ex- extremely <laughs> real. Uh, yeah, we, we, about 12 years ago at a show in New York city, the, uh, a small show. And right afterwards, Petra and Alessa, two very Swedish names, uh, uh, walked up to us mm-hmm. and said, Hey, can we, can we, you know, give us a CD? We love the show. Please get in touch with us as soon as you get home. And we did. And they offered us to come over there and record a record in Stockholm for two weeks. And that's what started yeah. it all. I mean, it was the two week period in Stockholm that I think uh, really sucked us in. Yeah, started the love affair of Sweden, Scandinavia. Well, two weeks, though, is not a ton of time in country, but it was enough, I guess, for you guys to kind of, I don't know if you were just getting your name out there a bit with through the connection or... Uh, the main thing, when we went over there to record, it was to record a record and then release it. And I think what's interesting for us with Sweden was it started with the people. It was less about the geography. So when we traveled there, it was more like we were traveling and and basically in a studio with, you know, six Swedish dudes who were some of the greatest musicians we'd ever met. And we, that's how we were learning about the culture. And that's how we were learning about the place. And we were actually there for a month. It was a month. I lied about two weeks, Jason. We were there there for a month. And then we just ended up going back over and over again over the course of the next couple of years. What did you learn about the culture in that time? A lot. Uh, I think I think part of it is that I, I, at first, you know, 
I'm a, I'm a Jewish girl from Texas. So I, like I'm, I'm usually around a lot of kind of loud people who, who aren't afraid to kind of like show their feelings. And so I think it was a bit of a shock that everybody was a little, you know, a little more withdrawn, um, not as, you know, it wasn't, you know, hello. And so that, that took a second, but I actually think once you got, to, once you get to know the people, uh, they, they open up and it's, it's, it's really great, but I think it just takes a little longer. So that took a little bit of. Yeah. And, and, and on with that too, the, well, separately on the art and music appreciation level and the, and the kind of focus and care that they give to music specifically with music, I think was the most shocking part. Yeah. You know, we were with these musicians in the studio recording a record and then they would be, um, the day would end and they were like, oh, I have to go to rock school. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, well, you know, we have in our town, down the street, these kids, little kids can just go to this building and pick up a guitar, pick up a drum kit, start playing and learn music. And it's such an integral part of their life. And also um, the healthcare and all that allows for people to be more artistic and commit to it and be appreciated by the society rather. And I feel like in the U.S. specifically, when you're at the top, 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 that's when people appreciate it and care, but no one wants to see the struggle between. And I feel like in in Sweden, they go, oh, no, there's it's not a struggle. It's just you're an artist and you're a musician. And, and that's that's what you do. It's OK to say you're a professional musician there where it's a little bit different here. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I've been living in Norway for officially for about five years now. Yeah, you know, one thing I've kind of discovered is it, it's <laughs> there's this idea in America, like uh, I was born outside of Philadelphia, I'm American. And, you know, there's this idea like, I was like, they're going to take away our freedom. You know, like if we have healthcare, they're taking away our freedom. And it's like, it's actually quite the opposite. Like you just said, it, it having like sort of the social safety net, this isn't a political podcast, so we don't have to go like political with this, but it's like, it actually gives you more freedom. <laughs> to to be creative and to follow the feelings that you have rather than f fall into some try to f fit into some box you don't belong in i'm from outside of philadelphia as well are you yeah so where westchester downingtown area how about you okay nice newtown i grew up in bucks county okay, very cool well wawa for life just a shout <laughs> yeah. out you know just a shameless plug for wawa <laughs> and hoagies i said i actually said hoagies on a podcast earlier today I, I was blowing my own mind just because I have not used that word in so long because nobody here knows what a hoagie is. And I'm going to make you a hoagie. They eat like a piece of bread with some stuff on it, you know, like not even with the other bread on top. It's just like the, a slice of cheese and a, and a little yeah. piece of red pepper. That's it. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm like, guys, I got to introduce you to the to the Wawa style hoagie. Right. So wait, when did you move out to L.A. then? Uh, I moved to L.A. Uh, right after college. So 2006. 2006. I, I can't, whatever the math on that is, 15 years ago, 14 years ago. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that in and of itself is a, uh, like a cultural shift, right? Yeah, it's the, I, I got to kind of go, I went to Boston for, for school and that was sort of this initial, I think I, knew, I always knew I didn't want to just uh, live where I grew up. I always imagined traveling and Boston was sort of the first base and then the second base was LA. Um and then uh, there's just something here. I mean, I'm not sure. Do you ever come to Los Angeles, Jason? I mean, I've spent time there. It's been a while, but yes. It's it's a city that you really feel, when we when we travel and we come home to it, 
there is something yeah. about it that feels like we're continuing to travel, even though we're home, because there's mm. the, the a variety of food, the variety of people, the v- variety of the geography within one hour of where we live. So it really yeah. is for, for somebody who does like to travel. It is a really good home base. Do you agree, Sam? Yeah. Yeah, Sam, what brought you to L.A.? Was it entertainment or I'm not sure in the timeline where you guys met, if it was out in L.A. or. Uh, yeah, I actually came to, um, I went to college out here. I went to an art school called CalArts okay. um, and I went for a theater um, and it was in Valencia, which is like a a small town that's essentially has got a Walmart and a couple of chain restaurants. And then there's this weird art school just in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so we were like the weirdos in this very kind of cookie cutter town. Um, right. but yeah, but so I, I went there for four years and then I just, I ended up staying and it was, and, uh, after, after school, I kind of, I was doing theater and I was doing acting and then I kind of transitioned into doing music. That's when Jim and I met and yeah, a fateful night outside of a comedy show, friends comedy show. And then, uh, it was just a car full of girls. I was a single guy. <laughs> I was hitting on the car of girls. Sam was, uh, unavailable. So we decided to be in a band instead. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> cut to a few years later, uh, and then uh, the rest became what it is today. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you got engaged in Sweden, was that right? No, or, no, no. Something no. happened on a playground in Sweden. I just remembered. Oh, that's true. Wait, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I profess my love uh, for Sam. <laughs> okay, on that a was play- that was it. Yeah, you revealed your your real true feelings. Yeah, and right? I mean, you know, being in Oslo, I mean, I'm sure you can say that playgrounds are just perfectly <laughs> manicured. They're beautiful, really modern design. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about our relationship is that that is being in Sweden and making music there and being away from home brought us really close together. And I think that sort of was cemented in our relationship, how important travel and following those feelings are. Yeah. Yeah. That time in Sweden, I just want to focus on that a little bit more because I I find it interesting when you you leave your home country and then you spend like real quality time somewhere. And then you guys are, you know, you're not just there walking around with each other. I mean, you're working with Swedish people every day. And like you mentioned, you're really up close and personal with the culture. I'm just wondering, cause I know like I was talking about this with a buddy today, who's an American living in Norway. It can kind of that, that whole vibe, that Scandinavian vibe that you're referring to where it seems like standoffish, but they're actually really nice. It's just sort of their way of being polite but it can kind of change your behavior a little bit too, right? Like you, if you're like the rambunctious American sometimes in a certain situation and then you're put in that situation, you kind of, it's not like you become somebody different, but you kind of modify, you, you kind of tone it down as well. Like I've noticed at least here, you know, like so certain things, my, my American-ish doesn't necessarily fly, right? I'm just wondering if that like, that whole environment impacted the music you were making in some way. I never thought about it like that, but but absolutely it did. Um, I think, you know, we come from a, both of us actually come from different musical backgrounds, but for me, I was always uh, Americana, folk singer, songwriter, you know, being from Philly, not too far away from loving Bruce Springsteen. Um, <laughs> and there was this, this, this energy and that feeling. And I think when we were there, there is a, our music, I think it did get a little more serious, maybe. And mm-hmm. and by that, I, I just mean it got a little bit more serious and a little bit more focused. Uh, whereas before, when you're, I, I don't know if that's fully clear, but it's a little darker too. I mean, I think some of the music, the, the, the choices, right, the producer you're working with, even some of the choices he was making were so different than the choices a producer would make in Los Angeles. And mm. the choices he was making, we were loving. 
that we were finding that they were just bringing a new color to our music that we didn't hear before. And I think that that's kind of stuck with us and carried on. Yeah, I think actually live is a is a really interesting thing too because I think we love playing shows live over in Scandinavia because there's just such a, there's there's such great listeners. Um, and I, and I don't know if that's partially because there's, there is the language barrier. And so you kind of have to tune in to understand what's happening. But I think Jim and I kind of both being maybe a little more rambunctious or a little more open, I think it kind of allowed for this kind of unspoken thing to happen where the audience kind of became more open because we were more open and it was a really exciting thing to kind of see unfold and happen. And and it's part of the reason why we really like performing over there. It's it's this it's this kind of appreciation for that in a way. Yeah, it, and it, absolutely. It's a, you say that it, there's a town called Orebro in Sweden, a small town, and they host a festival every year. It's sort of like their South by Southwest for Sweden. And we've gone there and we played six shows in the course of forty eight hours. And one after the other, we kept bringing the same energy. We were just energized and when we play shows it's different than when we're recording when we're playing shows it is rambunctious it is that storytelling it is over the top and th- watching people feel like they'd never seen a sh- some of them had not really seen a show necessarily like that in person right it's a small town mm. in sweden and here we are and we just kept building and building and building and then by the end of that 48 hours it was this crazy hoot nanny in the middle of sweden just you know <laughs> we're off stage we're behind singing from behind the bar and doing these things and um it, it was really cool because we're testing the audience and we're seeing what they respond to and react to. And I mean, that's what anyone is doing when they're performing. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's like from the stage side, but I I know being in the audience, sometimes it's hard to read. I'm like, are they enjoying this? Like, cause I'm the only one standing dancing right now. (laughs) I don't really know. I think they like it. Like they're here for this band too, you know? (laughs) Totally. And at first that's as a performer, that's really shocking. You're like, Right. There's like no way to gauge. And so I think Jim and I being the kind of performers that we are, we kind of keep pushing until we get some kind of reaction. And so I think it was kind of testing that over and over. It was it was a, a really good thing to keep kind of pushing us. Uh, and we yeah. like we like a challenge. So I think I know. think the first time we ever got on a dinner table at a show was in probably in Sweden. Yeah, maybe. Most likely. <laughs> when we just at the end of the show just got up on the dinner table and felt like we need to stomp through the dinner table to 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 make sure everybody's with us. Or, yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you can do that cuz you get that you sort of get that cultural pass, right? Like, oh, I'm coming from the outside, so I can I can behave a little. Yeah, it's okay. Sam, you just mentioned uh, I, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but the kind of performers we are. I mean, how what kind of performers are you? What what does that mean to you? Like, how has that evolved over time? I, I mean, I think performance for both of us is something that is so deeply ingrained. You know, it's funny because we're we're in this pandemic right now. We haven't been able to do that as much, and it's it's. Uh, I think it's something that we both love so much. The way that it's changed over the years is just knowing how it lights us up, knowing how we like to engage with an audience, knowing whether an audience is big or small that, you know, when, when we don't show up to a performance, like, and by showing up, I mean like really getting into it, really being there, really being present with each other. It can completely just ruin our day. So I think knowing, yeah, just knowing how important showing up to a performance and, and being as present as possible with the audience, with each other, with the music. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And uh, well, just to follow, I, cause I think 
we some bands they rehearse their songs really really tight you go see them and you're like man that was just so tight they may not talk to the audience they may just but it is is uh it is so precise what happens with us is we always put that experience needs to needs to be a unique experience for the audience member and i think that's what's kind of remained consistent so sometimes it means us trying different things it means us even if we're super rehearsed right if we're too rehearsed it's going to be a boring show yeah because something needs something special needs to happen and i think it's always looking for that special moment or that special thing where the audience and us can all share something unique and look back and go if you weren't in that room at that time you missed it so yeah yeah and i think jim's really actually good at that you know sometimes you know we'll be stale or something will be happening and you'll kind of look over at me and, and just do something that just, I don't know what it is or say something or, you know, maybe make the situation a little uncomfortable that just kind of like, but then it all of a sudden changes, it changes the shape of how we interact and how we put on the show that night. And it's, it kind of just, it's like following that feeling and leaving enough room to be able to follow that feeling. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of parallels to what you're describing in travel, right? It's like that unexpected, those unexpected things or those people you meet that invite you to your home or whatever. It's kind of like, that's the magic, you know, like something turns or you might be having some kind of weird thing and then something else happens and, and it's just completely different all of a sudden. I'd imagine there are some challenges. You know, I've been on tour for a long periods of time with uh, with loved ones and so on. So there's those challenges as well. <laughs> I'd imagine when you're playing music together that that might come into play sometimes. But no challenges, yeah, Jake. We have, yeah. we have the <laughs> yeah. We uh, um. <laughs> and really quick, just because you said that you were saying the travel and the t- I never really thought of what you, what you just said about live performance and travel and how they're connected in that way where the magic can happen. Sam, just yeah. to point out, you're actually she's sort of really good when we're touring and when we're traveling. She's the one looking for those windows and always ready to embrace them or always ready to say yes to that weird hike where all of a sudden you're two hours deep and you're like was this a mistake and then it's never a mistake but those moments and and you always push us into those things so that's that's a good thing yeah but it's the same thing of like you know especially when you're touring and and traveling there's always that uh, i just i remember this this one man he was a sound guy and he he invited us over to his place uh, for dinner before the show. And it was just this tiny little nook apartment in the middle of nowhere, Sweden. And he mm. cooked us like the most amazing dinner. It was just pasta and meat sauce. But to us at the moment, it was so good. And we just yeah. sat and we talked about life. And he told us all about his career and just this crazy conversation that was so much better than the show and anything else that happened that day. But it's that same thing of like, oh, like who, like the fact that this show led us to this moment it's yeah they're so intertwined and and if in the best way possible you're kind of following both of those feelings when you're on tour it's like you're chasing both of those things it becomes Mm. kind of like an addiction in a way those are the moments you live for right it's not like the oh i saw the big castle today like oh that's cool all right it's cool to see the castle but what you just described is why you really want to go do those things i mean i feel like on some level I would imagine performing, there's the energy of the crowd in the room and and the environment and everything like that. How much is like your intuition in play for those moments when you're, when you're trying to kind of, I don't know, just feel and be present as opposed to using your thinking mind to kind of work through things. Do you know what I'm saying? 
I think it's completely about your intuition. And I think if you're not following your intuition is when you get into your head is, and that's when the show falls flat. If you can just follow the feelings and just ride on that till the end, those are the best shows. And I, I think it's, that's how it's, it's like that with everything in life. You know, like Jim was saying earlier, you, you do want to rehearse and you do kind of want to have this, you know, a little bit of a box to stay within, but then you want to be able to be like, okay, here's this box and I'm, I'm going to break out of it. And I feel comfortable doing that because I know that the box is there. And I feel that right. way with traveling too. It's like, okay, I've made these plans. I know I have to be here at seven, but like in between what it, anything goes and that's kind of, you know. Yeah. And you learn, I, I think the, the skills you learn from touring and from traveling and from making those mistakes and staying in the wrong hotel or uh, asking the sound guy the wrong question that all of a sudden just makes the rest of the show absolutely terrible because he's angry at you. Um, those things that you learn allow you to then, there's still confines. You're trusted. You're not just running rampant, at least yeah. for us. We still have these little things, but the more like kind of, I'll call them limitations, but little limitations that you can set, then you have all this room in between to play and to, and to do things that are surprising. Um, so yeah. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos, and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. It's really interesting because you think as an artist or as uh, expressing your creativity that you, know, you want to have 
the unlimited mind, the unlimited consciousness, right? When in actuality, it's like these, if you're creating a box for yourself, you actually, you create some limitations and that almost can give you some more freedom in a way. I think that's what you guys did with the film, right? I mean, the, the box you created essentially is the, is this mission to do 365 shows and do it for a year straight. And, oh, I mean, one thing that struck me is like, I've been, I've worked as a tour manager before and I know that when I've been in LA, so there's like the LA bubble, right? There's all these little bubbles you can be in. There's the tour bubble too. I mean, you could be traveling around and you're just, you know, you're on the bus, you're set up, you're back on the bus, you set up and you're not really experiencing as much in the way that you guys did. But what the box that you set up or we're calling it, allowed you to create these intimate experiences with people. And it's just this totally different touring experience. I mean, am I off base here or am I hitting the nail on the head? Yeah, so, yeah, so the nail on the head. I mean, I, I think the best part of that tour was the confine of, okay, every single day we have to play a show and uh, wherever we are. And that was the, that was our rule. So I think having some kind of rule in place um, kind of lifted this pressure of of other things, but but having that rule also grounded this tour. So yeah. you know, even if we were driving for fifteen hours in a day, we knew that at the end of that, there's like something still needed to happen, and that kind of grounded this. You know, it wasn't so careless because of that. Like we had to make these, we had to make certain choices. We had to. And then it also, like you're saying, kind of made room for these amazing, unexpected things to happen because there wasn't this pressure of the show needed to look like this. It could kind right. of, you know, and it, and it didn't need to be in this place, um, but there needed to be a show. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of like it's having a rule and then bending the rule to make it all work, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's something that anybody listening can apply to their travels or their life, like in whatever, like you guys did it with your music and your career and what you love to do. But that same principle, anybody listening can do for their version of that, which I think is one of the really inspiring things that I took away from this film uh, after so many days, which, uh, yeah, again, I just, I'll plug it again because I loved it. I feel like the crux of the film, or, or maybe not the crux, but one of the things is is this idea of I'm just connecting LA and, and what you guys do. And, and there's this whole idea of like trying to make it, right? I'm using air quotes. And something like this, I kind of almost forces you to answer the question, like, what is it, what does it really mean to make it? Like, what does that really mean? You know, it's like defining success for yourself, right? Which I think is an important thing to do. I just curious uh, about your thoughts on that. That is something that we really had in the back of our minds throughout the entire process of making, doing the tour and then also making the film. Um, Cause we kept yeah. being face to face with this feeling of, we just had this intimate experience with somebody in uh, Iowa and I'm completely uplifted and I feel like I have the most purpose I've ever felt in my entire life in this tiny little moment. So that's huge. And yes. that, it's huge. So that feeling kept happening over and over and over again, all throughout the world, not all yeah. throughout the world, but throughout the 14 countries we went to. And it was the thing that at the end of the tour, we were so uplifted and we were so, we felt so in line with, why we chose to play music, why we're making music and all this. And then when you're sitting in your apartment and you're trying to plan or you're trying to come up with what the 
the way you're going to be heard or you're going to get your thing out there, you get so clouded by everything that's left and right, by what everybody else is doing, by this idea that this idea in your head will never is not isn't possible because it's so big and so massive and you just you get really down on yourself. But I think yeah. this allowed us I, you can pick up what I'm, what I'm saying from yeah <laughs> no I think we kept saying to each other I think we found this key you know while we were doing this tour and we were having these intimate one-on-one shows sometimes with you know somebody in a grocery store you know and then we would walk away feeling like it was the best day of our lives I we would say to each other I, I can't believe that we didn't know this you know like we didn't mm. and and success the idea of success kept changing and it's still changes constantly and I think I'm so grateful that we have this tour and even this film as a reminder to ourselves because sometimes you wake up and you're you're still questioning like oh like why am I not here and why am I still so far away from this thing and then you're like no like it's it's really not about that like really I I feel and I know you share this it's success is it's you say this a lot it's being inspired the ability to be inspired you know, it's mm-hmm. the ability to just kind of connect and, and keep that feeling going and and to show up because you want to show up. Um, and yeah, it's it's part of it is continuing that purpose. Exactly that. And what we find, at least with our peers and our fellow musicians, and, and th- that was a there were a big in our brains, this invisible audience when we were making this film that we wanted to make sure we were telling a truthful story to fellow musicians and to anyone actually pursuing anything independent, uh, because it's such a struggle that we all live every single day trying to get through this thing. And yeah. we wanted to pull back the wool. We wanted to show our uh, th- this uh, our struggles with it and also our uh, wins with it during the tour yeah and that the winds don't always look like what you think the winds should look like you know and i think that's probably true for traveling too you know you think you book this really beautiful vacation which sometimes sometimes i think one time jim and i did like at the end of a tour we like booked this quote-unquote vacation somewhere some spa see it wasn't a spa but it was some just like you know cookie cutter whatever it was and you know it's it's never those trips that that you yeah. remember or that give you some kind of and, story. And we did it. We ended up at this. It was in it was in uh, Portugal, and we booked this spot at the end of a, a big European tour we had last year. And we were like, mm. "What? Where? Why did we do this?" <laughs> and then we took the car into Porto, and we ended up at some sandwich shop that was reminiscent of like all the sandwich shops and tiny little places that we stumble upon that like. It's it's exactly what you're looking for. And we're like, oh yeah, like why did we think we needed this glossy, well photographed spa? No. That when... that ended up being closed anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's but yeah, it's 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 the same thing with performances and shows and success, I think. It's they're all kind of tied together. And it's it's your perspective, it's the moment, it's the it's you know, it's how it all goes down. Yeah, sometimes the spa can be nice. Yeah, it sure all, can. Right? It sure can. <laughs> I was really upset it was closed, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually, I don't think I've ever experienced the fruits of a spa. I think like, you're, I no. think you just, you're too kind of ADD. I don't think you, you, you're, you'd be like, okay, it's getting hot in here. Like, let's go do something else. Yeah. yeah. Gotta work on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys described the, the winds, uh, you know, I think in, 
in the typical person's head, like, you, you know, thinking as a musician, you'd be like, all right, yeah, like, I just rocked this huge crowd and now they're going crazy for me. And, um, you know, or I'm winning a Grammy. Not that that wouldn't be great. You know, you're not thinking like, oh, I just played a show to one guy, uh, one French guy in a cafe, you know, and like we had the most amazing hug afterwards or like there was some energy in the air that you can't even describe to people. I mean, obviously you wouldn't have had any of these experiences without doing this project. I mean, was there any hesitation in the beginning? I'm speaking of your intuition and kind of like, you know, once you commit to something, it's kind of, you can half commit to something, but you know, if you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this, then it becomes real. I mean, at what point did this become real for you guys? Like how far in advance? And by the way, the tour was in 2017. So don't worry. They, they didn't have to be socially distanced then. So I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. <laughs> Disclaimer, you know, everybody has these disclaimers now. It's like... <laughs> the, well, would, that would have been terrible if yeah, we did this during tough. this time. It would have been tough. Yeah. yeah. Tough. Um, the, the intuition, I guess for any partnership, any uh, as a band... The, there's a collective intuition I think that needs yeah. to happen when you're making choices, whether it's a song or a, an album title or a tour you're going to do. And I think neither one of us backed out. We were both lit up by this idea. And because of that, we initially, like right away, we did a pro and con list and the con list was so short of like the, what would be bad, what could go wrong was right. so right. short and what could go right. We could have, that's where you're like, I can write for days on a piece of paper, the things that might happen if we do this. And right. that that in itself, those two things, it was like all systems go. The the minute we kind of looked at each other and we we're like, oh, I'm not backing down. You're not backing down. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Once we once we decided that it was kind of it was, I think, two months before we left. And we had one tour in place in the very beginning that I think was about two weeks. So we we're like, all right, we got two weeks covered. I think we can do this. Um yeah. which was, you know, Naive. Short-sighted. Yeah, but... but <laughs> <laughs> we got a nice buffer there, a whole two weeks. <laughs> you know, and I think we do that in life. Once we can, once we commit to something, we just, we kind of get bullish about it and we yeah. stubborn and we just go. Um, and now actually after we've done this project, I think we're even more so that way uh, for better and for worse. It's like you've proved to yourself what you're capable of, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, I might jump on a, you know, it's like, it's like riding a new, I don't know. Okay. There's really only a bike. And then I'm trying to think of other, so it's like, right. If there's other versions of a bike, it's like jumping on this thing you've never ridden before and trying to figure out and the handlebars are wobbly. And then all of a sudden you get a gust of wind and something happens. And then all of a sudden there's somebody on the same bike next to you and they go, oh, this is how you do it. And then, and now you're moving and now you're actually, and I think yeah. that's what the tour was for us. And I think there's this feeling of like, we can jump on any bike and learn how to ride it. But I think there's also, I think because we took on such a big project that was every day for a year and there was never a day off, I do think there's some, sometimes when we go into, and then we, and then right after we jumped into the film, I think sometimes there's a bit of hesitation now in choosing the next project because, mm. because we know how full throttle we go with something. Right. You know, sometimes I, I think... We, we have a bit of trauma of knowing that we go, we go full on. And so, mm. you know, so we, there's like a bit of trepidation with, yeah. you know, with that. That's the perfect word for it, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, 
I think I think you, but it doesn't have to be this endless tour. I mean, it was an endless tour because it was it ended at three hundred sixty-five. But I think now we're trying to take that energy and focus it into a shorter form, shorter form journeys, if you will. And 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 I think what's great is we're songwriters at the beginning. That's what we are, and those are manageable journeys you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like let's write it yeah. let's write a song and then you write a song and you work through the song and that's its own thing they're like um, weekend trips yeah exactly a song is like a- <laughs> <laughs> everything's like a weekend trip compared to what you guys did <laughs> the other thing is you can kind of aren't uncertainties the the probably the number one thing that kind of uh like the fear of uncertainty you know might prevent somebody from doing some things like this, right? And I feel like when you do something like this and you see that those hidden doors or that opportunities or you weren't sure how you were going to pull it off, like work themselves out and you almost like build a muscle with that too. I think it makes it easier to do more things like that even though the uncertainty is still looming, you know? Absolutely. Very much so. I think that's why in a way when we finished the tour, I think jumping into making the film, which we had never made before, um, it was like, okay, if we can go on a tour and we can play one show every day for a year, we can make this film and we can go through all this footage and we can, you know, and at the beginning of the tour, we had never used uh, a camera before. So, you know, I would say a hundred days, a hundred days into this tour, all of a sudden I felt so comfortable using a camera. I felt so comfortable putting up four weird iPhones and, and just letting things roll. And I, I just, I would not have seen that for myself a hundred days before. And so I think when we finished, there was this new confidence that was kind of okay. You know, even if I haven't done this before and it may not be perfect, but it's, it's going to be something and I can, I'm, I'm not afraid to do it and I, I'm not afraid to finish it. So I think there is that feeling that, you know, I'm really grateful that we did this for that, you know, just to kind of like that, yeah. that, that we get to carry and, with us. And, and, well, and just really in that, I think you, what we were feeling at the end of the tour, we felt so uplifted and we knew where we were prior to the tour. We knew the mm-hmm. frustrations and the, and the worries we felt. And we know that we knew that people everywhere are feeling that frustration or feeling that worry for themselves. And we felt like right. we had this thing we wanted to share. And I think that was allowing us to kind of continue into that film. And that's why we felt like we felt comfortable taking on the next challenge because we knew we wanted to share this. And then also, as you said, remind ourselves of it constantly. And every festival we've taken the film to, we sit in the audience and every, every single time I've sat in the audience to watch the film, I felt like, oh, I needed to be reminded. I needed to see myself in that situation mm. being uplifted because I woke up today feeling like really bad. And it yeah. just reminded me to get past that and keep going. Yeah. But I think too, I think because we felt so, we had just gotten married and we felt so stuck, um, just kind of doing the same kinds of shows and the same kinds of tours. And I think because this pulled us out in such a crazy way, we felt, Mm. yeah, we felt the responsibility in a way to be like, okay, you know, we want to share this so that other people who feel stuck, um, can feel a little more unstuck. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I think uh, what you're describing, I know, resonates with me that where I've been in certain points in my life, and I'm sure with a lot of people listening, it's like this idea, I think, 
sometimes it's a fantasy for, for many, right? It's like I have this dream, but then I have like the regular life responsibilities. I have to pay my bills and, and all this stuff. I mean, this was, uh, you guys touched a bit on this in the film as well. I don't want to reveal too much because I want people to watch it. Just by making the choice to go on uh, the tour and create this this box that we were calling it uh, to do this this year-long tour, do a show every day, a huge part of that was just like this idea of going all in for your dream of music, right? And that's a difficult thing for a lot of people. Like, how, What kind of advice do you give for people who are trying to maintain that balance where they're, you know, whether it's a, like a career in the arts or something else, you know, they have something they love, but they're like sort of stuck in this other thing that they do and they do it for money and it's okay, but it's tough because like, oh, if I, what, what would happen if I go in all in on that thing, right? I know there's no right answer here, but I just want to hear your thoughts around that because you guys live through this, your version of this, and you're only speaking from your own experience, but I'd love to hear what kind of advice you'd share around that. Part of it's be your own devil's advocate when you're making excuses as to why you have your job. You have your job and you're working anywhere from 30 to 50 hours a week, whatever it might be. Especially now remotely, yep. I feel like people end up working longer because they're always available. Um, in and if you're going, I want to. If you want to be a writer, just write. And and if they go, I don't have time to write, or I don't have what you do. It's 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 all excuses. We all just make these excuses. You know, I we have a piano in our living room, and we have a couple guitars on the wall. And if a couple weeks go by and I haven't touched one of them, that's my fault. And and it's so easy, even with five minutes, pick up the guitar strum it and then all of a sudden two hours later there's a song at the end of it and mm. that's what i tell other artists all the time where it's just you just literally just have to you just have to begin you just have to continue to begin yeah and i think too uh you know i've, I've talked to a lot of friends just you know who after we did this project who who were kind of inspired to kind of want to go and do certain things and I think another thing is it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be, you know, this this kind of idealistic thing of like sell everything in your life and just go, <laughs> you know. I think it can be more manageable. And yes, we we kind of left our lives and did this thing and and I don't and I would I would do I mean I wouldn't do it one more. I wouldn't do it again, but like I wouldn't I'm so happy that we did it. But there are, you can do it in, you can do it in smaller ways. Just, you know, what's manageable for you and what's, um, I think so much of the time that people don't start because what other people are doing feels too big, but it's mm. like, if I think if you listen to like, oh, like what can I handle, you know, and then you make that kind of just like a small goal and then you just go, you just like start and you cannot like it's, you're going to be judging yourself constantly that i mean we were constantly judging ourselves on the tour like why are these shows looking like this like how do we not have these next this next month book blah 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 but the thing is is no matter what we knew that we were not going to stop so i think it's the same thing whether you're writing or whether you're wanting to travel somewhere or whatever it is i think it's this idea like just go and keep going and begin and make it manageable yeah that's great advice i think uh chunking it down, right? Like it's so easy to get into that comparison trap when there's people that you admire that have done something that seems so huge, but what it allows you, you know, the famous quote, like every journey, a journey of a thousand miles begins with one single step. It's not of sort of that kind of idea. It's always interesting too, to see how 
whatever scale you're doing this, I mean, and again, that's like, that's even a word I hesitate to use because then that's putting like some judgment or some labels on it. Right. I don't, I don't think it's good. So it's, it's like what you said is, is spot on. It's, it's just kind of do your version of what you can do essentially. I think it's surprising to see how your actions inspire the people close to you in your own circle, like in, in ways that maybe are unexpected. Did you find that just by you guys going off and doing this, that there were some people in, in your circle that kind of got inspired to do something on their own? We we did, yeah. I mean, I think actually, you know, as, as Sam kind of touched on, we were in, uh, in New York City and there's a photographer there named Anna and she, uh, we did a shoot with her and then had dinner with her and her husband who's a songwriter and at the end of the dinner, Anna was sort of in a, you know, photography is a really tough business to crack into and a tough, yeah. uh, a tough thing, especially now. I think it's even, I can't even imagine how difficult it must be to sort of be a professional photographer. And, uh, she saw what we were doing. And then I think the next day she just was like, I'm going to, I'm going to post a really good picture every day. And she started and she did that. And it wasn't this three, this year long project. It wasn't this thing. It was just this thing she needed to hold herself accountable to. Mm -hmm. And then I think by the end of her tour, she had started this incredible thing called the Creative Spaces of New York, where it was her taking photographs of musicians in their environment in New York. Cut Mm. to today, she's now living in Los Angeles with an art studio. Um, And it was just, it was just that little thing that she just needed to kind of, you know, there's this quote that I always, that I, it's from the startup world or something, but it's uh, do the simplest thing first. And if you think yeah. about it in the art world or in the, in any world, I guess, do the simplest thing first. If it's like, if you mm. want to, if you want to cook more dinners, it's like get a thing of pasta and a jar of sauce. Just do that. Don't like, don't sit here and look at a picture on Instagram of how crazy amazing it looks. Just <laughs> literally, cause then you're like, you're going to be like, you're never going to make that insane dish. But I promise you get a pot of water, pasta and a jar of sauce. If you can do that, you're on yeah. your way to getting to that photograph. Yeah, I think I was just thinking about when we were on the tour, we, I think it was Lithuania. I could be wrong, but there was a, there was a man, he was the sound guy and he was kind of like our guy of the day, just kind of leading us around. And I think he was a boat maker. Oh, right. Mm. He was a, he was a boat maker and, um, we just kind of were talking about the project all day and we all kind of got along, even though there was a major language barrier, we just kind of, we all kind of had the same sense of humor um, yeah. and it was just this amazing day with this guy, um, who we couldn't be more different from. Uh, right. but, uh, I remember, I think a few months after our tour had ended, I think he, but he had during that day, he told us that he was making a boat and, or he was making, boats. he had slipped, he had slipped into a little bit of a tough spot, I think yes. emotionally and kind of gave up working on the boats. Like he just was mm. like, what's the point? I don't really want to do it. And, um, is this, yeah, right? the, yes. yeah. And then. Uh, we had this, we were just talking and we weren't necessarily saying, make your boat, do your boat, whatever right. it was. We were just having Make your dreams come true, yeah. man. We, no, was, yeah. I think he just kind of told us this. And then the next day he sent us this, uh, we have this lyric um, in this song called Pull Over Now, that is the song. And in yeah. it, there's this moment where we say, change it, change it, change it. And what that's referring to within the song is just, it's about a relationship that's going through a really, really uh, hard time. And... Uh, the pullover now reference is basically just 
pull over now and fix the problem immediately. Just pull the car over and 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 in in the song, the people aren't the characters in the song aren't having sex. Just I mean, just to be you got to hear the song to understand <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, so he wrote us the next day, and I think the subject line was like you know, change it, change it, change it. And he like wrote this message to us that was basically just saying, seeing you perform and talking to you guys, I'm heading out to work on my boat today or something like that. And it was just those moments. Again, that's one of those things where you're just in the middle of uh, Eastern Europe and you have this experience, you leave and we've left this little piece behind that's inspiring this person to do something else. What more do you want out of life? Well, right? and it, it also keeps you going. Those... I think those kinds of situations in life are the things that make you want to keep going on whatever path you're on. It's not some accolade. It's not some huge 2,000 seat theater yelling. It's literally these moments that you're just, that kind of take your breath away and you're like, okay, I can, I don't, I, like you wake up not feeling great, but because you had that moment the day before, you're like, okay, I can keep going because of this random crazy amazing beautiful man that i met who makes boats wow yeah you guys gave me the chills with that story such a beautiful thing about travel too like where else do you get to hang out with a lithuanian boat maker yeah it's true right? i mean what on what planet does that happen this planet i guess you just never know who you're going to inspire just by taking a simple action like you guys said I mean, your action wasn't so simple in the grand scheme but like the action of what you did that day was get up and play music something you love to do and it impacted this person in this way. I mean, I imagine as uh, artists and musicians, that's like <laughs> probably one of the primary goals, right? Like let's make an impact on people in some way. They're going to take something away from it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about music and certain books. You know, you can pick it up, listen to a song or like three years later, it means something completely different than it does now. Along those lines, I'm, I'm wondering, reflecting back on the trip, because it was three years ago, as of the time of this recording, 13 days ago, I think you had your three-year anniversary from your last show, I believe. So reflecting back on the lessons learned, are, are they still kind of revealing themselves? And if so, like, how has that been lately? Hmm. Uh, yes, uh, every day. Uh, I think especially being in this pandemic, not being able to tour and kind of... Uh, yeah, you know, literally we're in the opposite of where we were three years ago. Um, I think having having those things in the back of for for me from of, of my mind of is like you know when I'm just in a spot where I feel really stuck, which during this time I definitely have felt. Um, I I can think back on those moments and be like, okay, like it doesn't take you don't need some big crazy thing to kind of change this day around. You just need something small. You know, you need to just show up to something that makes you feel good. Go sit down at the piano, you know, write a verse, you know, just these little things that I think, or even if we're, you know, if we're working on some video, it's like sit down and like really just be in the, don't think about the other things you need to do. Just make the video. I think uh, I think during that tour, something that would really get in our way and why we would argue a lot or why we'd get into these big blow up fights. It was like, instead of just being in the moment, there was like, but I want to go and see this thing. And why aren't we going and eating at this nice place? And God, we should be playing this big show and like kind of having all of these pressures putting on this one day or this one week. Mm. 
And instead it's like, no, you know what? Today, let's just go and play a show. Let's go and do this simple thing. And I bet you if we just show up to that and we just focus on that, it'll make us feel better. So I think during this time when everything feels pretty upside down, I think kind of taking that idea kind of helps. Yeah, Yeah. big time. Kind of puts the power back into your hands too, right? Like everybody can say, okay, well, I can... I can do a small thing to turn this day around if I'm having an off day or whatever. The whole pandemic thing kind of gets it. The whole pandemic thing kind of uh, puts everything into perspective uh, in a pretty profound way. I mean, I know it's probably been pretty hard on, it's hard on everybody. And then, you know, your livelihood is certainly tied to a lot of in-person stuff. And, you know, I know feed, we all, I mean, we're human. We all feed off of that in, in some way. So that's a, we don't need to talk pandemic. Yeah, but, the, but with the with the pandemic thing, and, and just on the heels of what you were saying, um, the one of the things I think that I don't think I fully, I never thought of this prior to this experience that we had, which is that this is not forever. And I think right. when I look back at the tour, there were these moments, you know, 185 days in, and I'm like, what is, like, this is, like, and, I, and feeling like this is forever. I remember when we left for the tour, I felt like, we were packing up our stuff, leaving our apartment, and I was like, this is it. Like, this place might as well be falling to the ground. Like, I'm leaving and then never coming back. And then I came mm. back. Like, the tour ended, and I came back. And then we were working on the film, and we're editing for days and days and days. And I felt like, this is endless. This is never going to end. And then we're showing the film at festivals. This is never going to come out. And now the film is out. I think there's been this huge feeling that I have now, which is, looking back, I wish in those moments, instead of wanting the things to end, I wish I would have just paused and been like, wow, we're editing a movie right now. How cool, mm. like this is like, I, we're working through this process or we're 185 days in this crazy thing. Let's be there. Cause I want to be there now. Do you know what I mean? I want to yeah. be in those moments now. And I think now with the pandemic, it's really, really hard to shift perspective, especially with the terrible, terrible things that are going in the world. But try to find those, to, to your point, not just within art, but with whatever it might be, you know, for yoga or running or baking or whatever the things are, find more than you already have things that you like to do. And just yeah. know that even if you don't want to do it at the beginning, the minute you're in there and you're like folding your dough over, you're going to be like, whoa, this is like, I'm so happy I'm doing this rather than 16 minutes ago when I was miserable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just trusting in those things and putting yourself in and, and know that the pandemic is not forever. This isn't forever. So try to just embrace the little tiny crumbs of positive moments we maybe we can have. Yeah. yeah. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago, and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, 
you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Where do you think that mindset comes from? Like, and we can say and to some extent, we're all a product of our environment. And, you know, in many ways, that is the American way, right? It's like striving for more and trying to achieve and things like that. And I do find that I don't want to blame it on America because we all have our own minds and we can create an awareness. We can generate an awareness for ourselves, right? That allows us to bring us back to our present moment. But it's a tough thing to shake, I find. The balance of, hey, like like you said, like you want the end result of the film, but enjoying the editing process, even though it's a pain sometimes. It's just a difficult balance, I think. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel when you're playing music. I mean, you can like disappear into it kind of. And I think that's like the the bliss that comes with music, at least for me. It's just like you just, you become like a nobody in some way, you know? <laughs> I, I think it's finding those things that make you feel not like a nobody, but that 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 make you feel that just take you away, whether it's the, mm. the bread baking or the music. It's because you're going to have the things throughout your day that make you question or make you want to get to that end result that are going to be a pain. Like those things, it's just life. It's human. We're like yeah. we, we can't completely avoid those. And I think it's impractical to think that we can, but what we right. can do, I think is have those tools of the things that, you know, I, I don't, maybe the whole entire day can't be blissed out, but, right. but I think you can have these moments that carry you through. You know, like these things that, you know, like the music or the performance or discovering some person in a random town when you're traveling. You know, it's it's the same, you know, it, 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 it goes for all of those things. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the process of whatever you're working on is the trophy. It is the reward, you know, and I think that's mm -hmm. really hard to, you know, you talk about music disappearing into it. I have a friend who mm. released a record and... Uh, it was getting really well received and Rolling Stone had just done a premiere of the music video and all this stuff. And I called him up. I hadn't talked to him in a while. And I called him up and I was like, hey, I just want to tell you how like excited I am for all this stuff that's going on. And he was like, yeah, you know, looks are deceiving. I, I feel like, you know, I just, I feel like all the work I put into, I just, I feel like the, 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 you know, the result is not what I expected. And then we just got into this conversation about how when you're writing a song, when you're working on a record, when you're finding that perfect sound or you find that verse that lifts your, your, your hair stands on, you know, on, on your arm and you're, you, you discovered this thing in this moment, that is what we're chasing. And that's the reward. That's the, you know, the accolade. It's not the, the blip and the radar that Rolling Stone showed your music video. It's that you got to have that process. And that's really, like you said, it is so hard to remember that. But I think, 
for us getting lost in music, you know, a couple of days ago, we were kind of in a little bit of a, a lull and I came home and Sam was at the piano and she was working on something. And then, you know, she invited me in to sort of work on the song with her. And three hours later, it was like we had just erased the past four days of negativity and darkness. And we were there. But it took us a minute to get there. You know, like there was a day where Jim was writing something and I was just like, oh, like, I don't want to go and join her. I don't just like the resistance that you, you have. Owe me. You owe you, me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I just said it's, know, a, it's really it's a transactional <laughs> thing, by the way. It was kind of like I actually <laughs> passive aggressively joined Sam because she didn't join me. At the end was a great song. And then the next later that night, Sam was like, I was at the guitar and Sam like tiptoed over and she was like, I owe you one. And then we wrote another song. So it was but fine. But it's true. It's the, the, the insane resistance that you have to the things that make you feel good is crazy. Even when you know how good they make you feel, you know, yeah. it's so I think it's just kind of reminding yourself of that. When you guys finish a song, do you feel like, oh my God, am I ever going to write one again? <laughs> like, am I ever going to be able to do that again? Or is that just like, you already have the confidence now as songwriters, you know, another one will come. I th I think when, for some reason, I think when we finished a song, we feel like it was the most productive day in the world. Like, even if we're not making any money and, you know, everything else has gone to complete, like, <laughs> I think, I think when we like that feeling and I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if we feel that like another one won't come. I think it's more just like, I actually think it might be a little bit the opposite. We're like, I know you definitely like, let's do another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's I, just this, like, it's kind of, it's that addiction of like, you want to chase that feeling of finishing a song. So I, and it, that's mm -hmm. an, that's an excitement. And I, like, I love it. I, I remember, like, I love it when we get into these rhythms of weeks and weeks of just like, night after night we're showing up to like write songs like that's like making space for yourself to do that actually I think during that tour I think something that was frustrating at times was uh you know sometimes traveling and booking and doing all of these things can kind of get in the way of those things that really ground you which is writing music so yeah it's uh yeah we we it was very it's when you're traveling and doing what we were doing it's really hard to like do anything like that because a lot of times writing personal for us it's writing is a very i think for everybody writing is a personal thing but it comes from a really personal space whether it's in our place whether it's in sam or me and it usually starts with sam or it starts with me and then the other person comes in and then we run with it but it's it's rare that we're both sitting there having the exact same feeling and we like yes rabbit is the right word <laughs> it's like no it usually it's usually it's usually the beginning of something and um that was really hard to have any space like that. I mean, there was yeah. like a stairwell. I wrote a song in in uh, Sweden, but I don't remember the song. Like <laughs> it was like during that tour, it was just like, there was like, I left the room because it's like, I need some space. I went, I like, it was cathartic and it was a release, but that was it. It just like, it lives in that stairwell and it's gone. I have no idea. <laughs> and um, now that we're home making that space, it's been, you know, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. So if you hear a voice echoing, singing rabbit, rabbit over and over again, then you know <laughs> you are in the same <laughs> hotel. How do you know when a song is done? And I mean, this can kind of go along with the, with the idea of like, how much are you willing to say sort of effort to perfection, right? Or like, this isn't, you know, this isn't perfect, but it's done. Or does it have to be perfect? I'm just, I don't know how that works for you guys. You mean like, a, like an actual song or like the recording of a song? Uh, like when you're 
in the songwriting process. Yeah. Like when you're like, all right, we've got this. We're not going to add any more parts. We're not going to change any of the words. Like this feels like a done deal. Music that I love and the, the songwriters and the singers that I love, when they're singing, you believe every single word. Right. So it's like, it's just, there's just a way that certain singers or, or a song, when you hear it, you're like, I believe it. And then there's those, a lot of times, I would actually say, if there's a song, a singer songwriter out there you don't like, it just means you don't believe them. That's what I think. Mm. And I think when we're writing a song, it's do I believe, do I feel it fully and do I believe what we're saying? Or when Sam sings it back, do I believe it? When there's like, when it comes down to like the lyrical content. And I think it's challenging, right? Because co-writing and collaborating is a big part of the, the music world right now. So people are writing with other musicians and other songwriters. And sometimes there'll be three people on a song, three to seven people, whatever, infinite number of people mm. writing songs. I feel like, I approach it where we go, we're writing a song. Let's keep our ass in the seat and get round one of the song done. Like, let's mm. just like, let's get through it. And if there are, you know, if it's meant to be a song, you will already have enough of those believable moments throughout it, whether the chorus just mm. feels so good or the, the the second verse, you have it. But if, um, so what'll happen is when we're writing a song a couple of days ago, it was like, great, let's just, let's not put too much pressure on the moment. Let's get through it. Let's like, let's get that thing because I know that chorus, I believe it 100%. Yeah. I believe it, I feel it. And I know that that chorus is the an- is sort of the anchor for this song. Um, yeah. And then you just keep chiseling away until you're like, I believe it all. Yeah. And sometimes, mm. you know, like I know that we had a song, we have a song called Yeah, Whatever, Young Forever. And literally the day we were recording that song, like 10 minutes before we were about to walk into the studio, we changed the entire lyric of the chorus. <laughs> Like, you know, so sometimes, sometimes we think a song is done and then we listen to it again six months later. And I was like, I hate everything that I wrote. Can we change the entire thing? So I think it's, I think it's kind Mm. of being open to maybe it's never really done. And also maybe it's done completely. Like I think not putting too much pressure on either one of those things. And then Michael Stipe from REM, I just saw in an interview, he, uh, about automatic for, no, no, sorry about losing my religion. And, uh, people were his fans, because they never published their lyrics. This is like my favorite thing about R.E.M. He never published their lyrics in their liner notes or anything. His fans would write letters to him saying, you know, is this what you're saying? Or like, I love this lyric. And the lyric wouldn't be what he wrote, but he, he, he'd he start singing that at shows because he was like, it's better than what I wrote. <laughs> so I think that that was really cool. So like during the during the touring in the 90s or whatever, Michael Stipe's just like changing lyrics every night just because like a fan thought he said something else. And um I think that's just, I don't know, just like yeah. that anecdote. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I don't know if you're referring to the song exploder thing with R.E.M. Exactly. Yeah, because one of the things he said also that I really liked was that uh, like once the song's out there, it's not it's not really yours anymore. Who knows if it ever was, right? But it's everybody's for to take what they want from it. I feel like that's uh, that generosity of music is another one of the many gifts that keeps on giving when it comes to music uh one selfish question i know you guys got to get going here in a minute um what kind of microphone was that that you were using in the in the film when you were doing the shows because that's just like a badass looking microphone it's this company called ear trumpet labs out of uh out of portland and it's a a small incredible company that you know that microphone's held up and they've just been developing more and more um yeah what are you gonna say well no but i think did we get that in the middle of the tour do we get it before we left i think we got it right. I don't know. Either way, there was something about having this like really 
pretty cool looking microphone that mm. I, that became its own little character for us. You know what I mean? I think having it mm. and just like this like beautiful microphone in between us, it would it inspired us making a bunch of these videos mm -hmm. like in random places. Yeah, that that microphone. We have got a lot of love for that microphone. Yeah, it's yeah. funny how the tools. The, it's funny how like and and I know um, you you mentioned sort of on on the past couple of interviews or whatever, just like the backpacks that you have, right? These tools we have mm -hmm. that just inspire us to want to do things. Whether mm -hmm. and, and this microphone inspired us to want to create these videos, or sometimes it's if you're just a traveler, it's a new pair of boots, and all of a sudden you feel like yeah, I can you know, I can take that hike. I'd never thought I could because, and you just feel empowered. It's so stupid and it's so materialistic, but, no, but I think like, it works. Yeah. It does work. And like at a show all of a sudden there's something, I think just having one microphone in between us sometimes, and we were in a really dingy place, but we had this microphone. It was, it was just kind of grounding in a way. Yeah. And yeah. Some, I could be mad at Sam and I'd be like, but I'm here for the microphone <laughs> and vice versa. Well, it's like, especially when you're traveling, if there's a thing that can be consistent, that's kind of like, is am I going to get this word right? An anthropomorphize the microphone. Is that the yes. word? Absolutely. I'm going to say Absolutely. yes. That's actually a word I use uh, regularly. <laughs> is that is that the word? I don't know. When when you like put personality traits to like an inanimate object, I don't know if I'm saying. Anyway, if I get a bunch of emails saying that's wrong, I'm not like you know I'm not here as a grammar uh, expert or anything. My dad just sent me this this beauty, which is like a 1950s like old school style Shure microphone, and I'm like. This is cool. Like I have it on my desk now, and I'm like, kind of inspires me. You know, it's just a, it's a thing, but it is inspiring. Anyway, that was a selfish question. I just needed to know about the microphone. I do want you guys to share everything that you want about where people can find the movie and where they can go to listen to your music, and just you know, give everybody the the details. The lowdown. Take it away, Jim. You want me to do it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sam does this. She makes me do the plugging because for the band. Because you're so much better. I will definitely mess like it up. Like when we're at shows, <laughs> I'm the one who has to talk about the merch from the, from the, and then everyone's like, that guy's just, a, I'll like a trip over it. I'll be really inarticulate. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Uh, the band is Jim and Sam. Uh, the music's on Spotify, Apple music, wherever you are, you can just look up Jim and Sam music and there's a bunch of music there for you. Um, there's uh, the the film we've been talking about is called After So Many Days. It's currently out in North America uh, on iTunes, Amazon Prime Video, Google Play, and a whole bunch of more. Uh, we're currently working on distribution in Scandinavia for next year, um, and as worldwide. Well, yeah. And worldwide. And uh, there's also uh, the soundtrack is called Songs from After So Many Days, uh, and that's did I do? And we are. Well, uh, you yeah. want to say that? Well, yeah, oh. I'll I'll finish it off. <laughs> uh, the. <laughs> On socials, we're at We Are Jim and Sam. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, is that, is yeah, that and, it? Yeah, it's great. And we'll link to your website in the show notes and then everybody can find everything too. And the beautiful cinematography, uh, unbelievable. Like I was surprised when you were saying like, oh, we were just learning how to, you know, use these cameras. <laughs> and it's like, just like epic shots and scenery. And I mean, it's like, it's one thing to like be there and see the epic shots and scenery, but then to actually capture them is a skill. So... Well, thank you. I, I think I would say 90% of the time it was Jim and I just or some stranger with a camera that we were like, hey, will you grab this for us for three minutes awkwardly? Mm. Um, and then the other times we had other people join us. A really good friend of ours, Mike Zwallen, came along with us for probably 
about you know. two weeks throughout, scattered throughout the tour. And he, he was also, uh, also just a great person to be able to like ask, how do we use the camera? And he would, he would show us the different things. And, um, yeah. what's cool about some of those moments you're talking about, they were actually music videos during the tour. We were actually just shooting kind of performance videos. And then when we got to the, the editing room, it was just, we had so much of this footage and, yeah. and we really liked how those, I think some of the ones you're talking about kind of helped tell the the geography part of the story and the things that we were seeing. Yeah. yeah. And as travel lovers, I mean, you're going to love, I mean, it was inspiring in so many levels, the the film. So thanks for the efforts of just putting it together and you guys have wonderful music. I'm really excited that you got in touch and we were able to make this happen because uh, it's been really nice to meet you. And I hope that uh, you get sucked back into the Scandinavian vortex, maybe over to Oslo, Norway, where I am. Maybe we could do a, a part two somewhere in town after this whole pandemic situations over with <laughs> thank you so much for your time today and enjoy your your day jason thank thanks you for, so much for having us jason yeah thank you so much jason all right take care there you have it thank you once again to Jim and Sam. Again, if you want to check their stuff out, a few places, of course, the music on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. If you just search after so many days, you can find the film and you can also just visit their website, wearejimandsam.com. What a treat. I really hope they come back into Scandinavia so we can do a part two would love to have them back on the show thanks Jim and Sam if you're listening much appreciated and thank you my friend a lot of fantastic takeaways from that conversation at one point when we were talking I think it was Sam said if you want to be a writer just write and this was just a simple yet elegant reminder to just do the thing you want to do. That's what I wanted to talk about here on the back end. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is this idea. Just do the thing, right? If there's a thing you want to do, just do the thing. And I think the key to that is just giving yourself permission, getting over any self-doubt or weirdness you might have around something, and just doing the thing, right? I remember when I bought my first guitar, I walked into the guitar shop and I just felt super self-conscious and weird because I don't know how to play guitar. Who am I to be in a music store? And how am I even going to try a guitar when I don't know how to play it? I actually had to have uh, some of the guys at the shop play some chords for me so I could hear how different guitars sounded. And I felt like a little embarrassed, I guess. But that's that was wrong, I'd say. It wasn't the right way to feel because everybody starts somewhere, right? And the only way to do anything that you want to do is by doing the thing right? Nobody has to come up to you and say, hey, you're a guitar player. Now you're allowed to go in and buy one, <laughs> right? You're a writer. Now you're allowed to write that book. You don't need that. You just need to give yourself permission. So I just wanted to kind of share one of my inspiring takeaways from this conversation. If you want to do something, if you want to do a thing, just go do the thing. There you go. Well, I got two more things, I guess. The benefit of having a travel partner, many benefits of having a travel partner. And I'm going to share what I think might be one of the biggest ones in just a moment. Uh, before I do that, I also want to quickly remind you, if you haven't signed up over at zero to travel.com, 
go ahead and sign up. We got an email newsletter over there. I got to remind you. And I also wanted to remind you that I love to hear from listeners, whether it's through reviews, emails, whatever. And I'm particularly asking for audio messages now because it's nice to be able to put some of you on the podcast, whether it's a question or a tip or something you want to share with the audience, or you just want to say hi, let us know what you're up to, then you can drop me a line, jason at zero to travel.com is my email. You can always record an audio message on your phone and send it. Or if you go to zero to travel.com slash speak, you can record a message right there on the page with a simple click of the button. It literally takes 90 seconds and you're done. So please, you know, this is a community powered show. You know, I've been working my butt off for years to create this show for you because I love that. That's what keeps me going is you all that are listening. There's no show without you all. And I want to bring you the best travel show out there, the best travel podcast out there. So with that intention, it's nice to hear back from you. If you have guest recommendations, if you just want to participate in the show, share some things with the community or just get in touch at all, please reach out. It's really a great thing to have a two-way conversation and and make this a, a real community here. So please continue to reach out, send me some emails, say hi, all that good stuff. Thank you for that. Now, one of the biggest benefits of having a travel partner, you can see this with Jim and Sam, right? Such a monumental uh, task to play a show every day for a year. And, you know, traveling for an extended period of time is always an up and down thing, right? Whether you're alone, whether you're with somebody. But I think one of the big benefits of having a travel partner is, well, I guess it's twofold, right? It's the support that you have along the way. When you're traveling alone, you're your own support system. You got to make all the decisions and figure out everything yourself. There are many benefits that come with that. And I love solo traveling. And I also have some episodes coming up. One specifically I recorded yesterday just about solo traveling. It's called The Joys of Solo Traveling. So that'll be coming later in the podcast feed. So be sure to subscribe. But, you know, I'm a huge fan. But it's also nice to have a travel partner sometimes too. And I think both of those experiences bring pros and cons. But when you have a travel partner, whether it's a spouse, a friend, whatever, you have somebody who can support you and also push you when you maybe don't feel like doing certain things. And I think those are the, I guess it's a dual benefit there, right? You can have support when you need it. And in a way, you also get pushed into maybe things that you wouldn't try if somebody wasn't there kind of giving you the a little bit of the, come on, you know, a little pat on the back and come on, you can do it. You can do it. Let's go do this thing. I'm interested in this thing. Maybe you're not, but you want to come on this experience and try something new. So that support and that push, and you can see with Jim and Sam, and as you'll watch in the film, if you watch it, there were moments of tension and, and difficulty, but they also, they support each other and they're there for each other and they push each other as well. And that accountability when you're doing something like this is huge. So just wanted to share some thoughts around one of the big benefits of having a travel partner. And I got to give a couple shout outs here to some fine folks in this listening community before I let you go. First of all, Chris, thanks for reaching out. He just listened to our podcast, the podcast I did with Lynn on walking the West Highland Way. And he said, hey, Jason, 
and Lynn writing from San Francisco, where I've been doing at least one city hike slash walk per day. Just listen to your great podcast in Scotland. And mentally, I already scoped out my 96-mile trip, 12 miles a day to make it a nice eight-day journey. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks for writing, Chris. It's always nice to know that you know people are already mentally gearing up for a trip just, <laughs> just from listening to the show. That makes me happy, of course. Big intention behind the show to help you travel the world on your terms. So there you go, Chris. Uh, it sounds like you're headed to Scotland at some point soon. Wonderful place to visit. So thanks to Chris. And also want to say thanks to the last reviewer I got, Wanderlust66, who gave me a five-star review on the podcast, said uh, the podcast episodes are a wonderful mix of travel, work, life, philosophy, and practical tips. This is a must for anyone who wants to live life on their own terms and have travel as a piece of that life puzzle. Subscribe to the show. You won't regret it. Thank you very much for that kind review. I'm just going to throw out there, you know, these custom reviews you leave on Apple Podcasts kind of kind of make my day. You know, it's kind of nice. So if you if you don't want to give a little something something back to the show and you have time to leave a nice review, those are always those always cheer me up. I mean, I don't need I don't always need cheering up or anything, but it certainly brightens my day when I get one of these five-star reviews. So thank you very much for for your kindness. And thank you, my friend. You know, I'm recording this at my co-working space in a little booth. I don't have my quote drawer handy. So you know what I'm going to do right now in real time? I'm going to search random quote on uh, the internet, and I'm going to click a link and read the uh, second one that comes up here. Let's see. This is L.M. Montgomery. Kindred spirits are not so scarce as I used to think. It's splendid to find out there are so many of them in the world. Whew. Very nice, L.M. Montgomery. That was, that was lucky. So to you, a fellow kindred spirit, fellow travel lover, I'll let you go about your day. Two things. Do that thing. If you want to do a thing, just go do that thing leave you with that. And also, I'm going to leave you with another tune from Jim and Sam. This one is Calling It Quits. Leave you with some music today. Enjoy, and thanks again. See you next time. Cheers. Find me a way to get out of here. Find me a way to get out. Could it be that we're stuck here? Shadows more like monsters
calling, I'm calling, I'm calling it quits. Yeah, I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling it. This podcast has been brought to you by zerototravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.